0: Today's scripture is from Ecclesiastes, um, verse uh, one, one to chapter one, one to eleven. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toll at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things full of weariness, a man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which is it, it is said? See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things, yet to be among those who come after.
1: Okay, thank you, uh, Jasmine. Uh, So good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, It's good to be back again. Um, I love to visit you guys because I live in Prince Edward where there is no sky ever because the buildings are so high. So coming out here is like a vacation for me. Now, I usually bring my kids, but um, the whole family is sick. My wife and kids are there at home. God has spared me so I can be with you this morning. (laughs) Okay, so this morning's uh, passage is... Uh, A book that we don't usually look at too often in church, Ecclesiastes. Has anybody read this book? I'm just curious, Ecclesiastes. Okay. It's actually one of my favorite books. Um, So this book really helps you when you look at the world and there are so many like injustices, things that are unfair, things that happen randomly, like bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad, bad people. And you're asking like, why is this happening? If you read this book, it will help you to feel a lot better. And it will help you to know how God wants you to respond. So I'm going to go through the first part of this book, and um, if you're interested in more, then you can ask Pastor Eric to uh, preach the rest of the book. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, so so this book, Ecclesiastes, it was uh, written to a group of Israelites who are trying to get the most out of life, the most money, the most reputation, the most of their time. And so the author here, the preacher, okay, so I'm preaching what the preacher has written in this book, He starts by saying, you know what, everything is vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That's like the whole point of this book, okay? It's repeated 38 times throughout Ecclesiastes, and it's repeated again and again to point something out about life in a sinful world that we all have to understand. That life cannot be controlled or grasped or understood in the way that people hope that it can be. So the original word is is hevel. In Hebrew, it's, it's hevel. So Hevel means something like smoke or vapor. So life is like a vapor, life is like a smoke. Um, it, it looks tangible, like smoke looks like it's you know, something you can grab, but when you actually try to grab onto it, it sort of just disappears. So life looks like it offers like, value and significance, but when you try to grasp onto what life has to offer, it sort of just disappears in your hands. Um, another way that Hevel is translated, or another way to understand vanity is like meaninglessness or, or futile. All right, so those are sort of connected terms, meaningless, futile, vanity, hevel. Um, life doesn't offer what we hope it can give us. I, um, I bought this camera when, my, when my, my first child was born. And I don't know, like, for some of you who are dads, like, you can get, go pretty crazy with the camera thing. So, like, I'm just always behind the camera, like, trying to get the first steps. I actually caught my son's first steps. Uh, Because I had the camera on 24-7, I'm joking. I just happened to have it at the right moment. Now, um, the first month I got this, I had to, like, buy a new hard drive. Because I had, like, gigs and gigs. Like, it was reaching, like, the, you know, 100 gig mark. And I was like, man, there's not enough memory to record all of life's moments. But I guess a couple months on the road, I sort of realized, like, it's sort of, like, really tiring to always, like, film my family's life. And like, it's not the same as actually being there. Like I was wondering, why am I trying to film? It's like, I, I don't wanna miss these moments, or right? you don't wanna miss these moments with your family. And the more, but the more I try to like save these moments, I realize like, you, I can't, it just, life just goes by and you can't grasp onto, you can't keep these moments that feel so important to you. So that's sort of what it's trying to say, right? Like life just passes by and you can't grasp onto it no matter how hard you try, it's, it's not the same. Um, <clears throat> okay. So that's Hevel. Hevel of Hevel. This is what life is. It's vanity of vanity. Life passes by like a smoke. Um, now, we're, I'm just going like, to break down each verse. So verse three, if we get the next slide, begins with a question to explore if, if this idea of Hevel is, is really true. So it, it's asked a question, you know, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? So here are, here are three key words that I want to explain, okay? Uh, there is under the sun, toil, and gain. So under the sun is a phrase that means life in a world without God. So under the sun is like this realm where human life takes place. It's this physical realm, anything that su- the sun shines on. And, and under the sun is a realm separated from this highest heaven, you know, where God dwells outside of this physical realm. Uh, so to put, it, to put it another way, under the sun means everything a human being can experience on earth without God. And verse 3 tells us the kind of life that is uh, hevel. It's this life under the sun. It's this life without God, right? When uh, people sinned, um, they were cast out of the garden. They were cast out of God's presence, and this is the world that we live in. Okay, another key word is, is toil. Okay, toil means like the painful struggle. It's like the effort that you give just to exist, just to live life, um, so it's all of the effort you put in, in your, like, day-to-day work, like your vocational job. Maybe that's the mental energy or, you know, emotional effort to design lesson plans and teach students if you're a teacher. Or that's, like, straining your eyes to crunch numbers or review contracts or, um, you know, sweating to, to build a high-rise in, in the heat of Hong Kong. Uh, Toyo includes all of the energy in the workplace, but, but, but it's more than that. Okay, it, it's like all the effort that you put in to do chores around the house, um, all of the effort you put to like, live a life- healthy lifestyle, to cook well, to exercise, uh, planning the family finances, planning your children's uh, after-school curricular activities, taking them to school, dropping them off, all of those things, right? Um, life under the sun, life in this world is toil, it's burdensome. Okay, so the last key word, that we need to understand when we read this book is is gain, okay? Gain means lasting profit or additional profit. Um, So this idea of like, you know, does the work you put in end up giving you benefits that you want, are are those things equal? Um, Now, when it comes to vocational work, what that means is that however many years you spend working, you come out having more than what you gave. And if what you sacrificed, if all of those hours, all of that, uh, I don't know, mental stress uh, is more than what you sacrificed, then you gain. If it's not, then you sort of lose out, right? You, you know, spent all these years working for the system, working for this company, and you, know, you didn't get what you wanted in the end. Um, <coughs> uh, gain means that you know, if you work 10 times harder than your coworkers, you don't just end up with the same salary forever, but you are recognized, you get a promotion, and you end up making more money in the end, you know, along with the authority and prestige that comes with that promotion. Now, the question in verse 3 isn't just asking what you gain through your work. It's asking what do you gain for all of the effort that you put in just living life? After all the jobs you will ever work in, after all of the work you will put in raising your children or whatever else you uh, exert effort in, what do you get? Um, The simple answer is you just come out with, like, zero. You come out with zero. Uh, Let me put it this way. Can, Can we get the next slide? Think of your life... Well, let me just explain a minute. So the main point of this whole sermon is without God, you ultimately gain nothing from a lifetime of toil. Okay, so without God, you ultimately gain nothing from a lifetime of toil. So I want you to think of your life in terms of the dash on your gravestone. Okay, can we get the next picture? Dash on your gravestone, okay? So in this dash... You can work really hard. You can work really hard to have a really nice fit body. You can work really hard to like, uh, have some really good uh, you know, investments and make some more money a couple years down the road. Maybe like here you'll start working hard for something and then maybe here you'll get something good. But by the time you get to the very end, you'll, you'll come out with zero. Everything balances back to zero it's really a reality check for us, especially in this like fast-paced life in Hong Kong. Um, (coughs) Hong Kong is like such a busy city. It's all about being productive. It's sort of like... Uh, an identity marker, if you're not working hard to be productive in like every area of life, then you are not like a good person. Like you, something is wrong with you. You're not as good as other people who are working like extra hours, putting the time in. A productive person is a person who gains the most out of life. And this value of productivity in the city really, it, it, when, the longer you live in the city, the more it actually affects you, that culture. And it's here that God gives us a reality check. You know, in the end, all the time you spend being busy, 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 It just ends up with nothing without god you gain nothing from a lifetime of toil and this is a truth i just want us to spend some time thinking more about because it needs to really reach down to your heart to the point where it starts to affect how you think and how you feel and how you live how you make decisions how you spend your time this is so important because our time is so limited so, so here are three things that I'm going to get us to think about, or the passage gets us to think about, all right? Here are the three points of the message. Uh, life is a tiring cycle of work that never satisfies. History is a cycle of failed hopes, and you will be forgotten in the cycle of history. What a positive message. It gets better at the end. But let, let's start off with the sad things first, right? We have to hear the bad news before the good news. All right, so let, let, let me think, let, let's think about the first part, okay? So life is a tiring cycle of work that never satisfies. Uh, verses four to seven. Uh, maybe we can, get the, we can get the passage up on the screen. Yep. So um, it's very poetic. So the, these couple of verses uses things that can be observed in the physical world as illustrations to lead people to reflect on what toil is without God. And it's very poetic, like I said. So the point is to just think about these pictures, and it's not like a science textbook where like, they're all like giving us scientific laws, but it's helping us to like, be like, when you see this, it's sort of like this, and think about like what this means. So let me, let me, let me break it down, okay? Um, the first illustration is this constant cycle of older generations being replaced by younger generations. Um, <clears throat> The second is how the sun, from our viewpoint on Earth, right it appears to be in an endless cycle. It goes up, and then it goes down and then it goes up and then it goes down, day after day, day after day, the, the sun is like working really hard, right? just going up and down, up and down. Uh, the third picture we get is how people experience the wind.? Right? One minute it blows one way, the next minute it blows another way. And at first, the wind seems to be like free, but it's really stuck in the cycle of just blowing this way and that way, this way and that way. That's what the wind does every day. Um, the final illustration is of water uh, continuously flowing into the oceans from rivers and streams. Um, and when you, re- look, but when you look at the result, the ocean really doesn't really, ch- doesn't really change. All this water is just constantly flowing to the ocean, but the ocean is just staying the same. Um, so there are a couple of key concepts we're supposed to reflect on. So first, like the natural world is a very busy place. Uh, year after year, people die and leave the earth while new people arrive to live out, you know, their hurried short lives on earth. You know, every day the sun keeps going up and then down, up and then down. You know, every minute the wind blows this way and that way, this way and that way. Every second the water continues to flow from streams into the ocean. Um, But for all of this busyness in the natural world, nothing really gets done, nothing really changes. The world is busy, but it's busy doing the same things again and again. And this picture of busyness in the natural world reflects what life is like without God. No matter how busy people are, no matter how busy you are, uh, the work you do never ends. You're in this endless cycle of like, uh, work and then rest and then work and then rest. You know, no matter how many times you wash the dishes, there's gonna be more dishes for you to wash. Uh, No matter how many times you calculate the finances and pay the bills, you're going to be doing it again. And no matter how many applications you process, you can be sure there'll be more piled on your desk. No matter how many tests you mark, there's going to be another stack waiting for you to do. Uh, So your work on Earth is as certain and repetitive as the sun going up and down, up and down, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And you know what, no matter how many days off you get or breaks you get or vacations, you're still caught up in another cycle of work. And it leaves you unsatisfied. What you gain from your toil never feels like it's enough. This is how verse 8 summarizes it. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing. Life is this tiring cycle of work that never satisfies. And this brings us to the second point that uh, this passage is trying to tell us. Not only is your life an endless cycle, human history itself is a cycle of failed hopes. This is what it says in verse 9. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, The cycle of a person's life of toil is part of this larger story of toil of human history. And in this bigger scheme of things, the work that you do on earth ultimately contributes nothing to make a lasting difference. All the work that you've done and will do is something someone else has done and will do again in the future. So to to just keep it simple, um, you are quickly and easily replaced, right? After you teach your last class, finish your final audit, complete your final design, offer your last words of counsel, uh, someone else is going to be right there to pick it up. Now, even if, you know, your lifetime of work doesn't, amount to much. The hope is that at least it would contribute to do something beneficial for the bigger picture of things, for the human race as a whole, right, for the history of humanity. We want to move forward and progress. That's like the narrative of, uh, I guess, you know, the modern times. Um, But the answer that we're told is that it it doesn't. There is nothing new under the sun. Now, verse 10, anticipates this objection and it says you know is there a thing of which it is said see this is new it has already been in the ages before us now when you first think about it it's very clear that human civilization has progressed you know our knowledge about the universe is constantly growing Uh, we have like many new inventions and discoveries that have brought about really exciting changes so we've gone from you know riding on horses uh, riding in steam cars riding on to on you know I guess fuel gasoline cars and now electric cars and you know maybe flying cars, who knows? Or you know, we started off with the iPad and the iPod, and now we have like the i15, 15, iPhone 15. It just came out like a couple, like not, not too long ago. Um, so each new thing that we learn about the world and each new discovery we make offers this hopeful promise that it's gonna solve our underlying problems, right? AI is gonna make work so much easier. It's also gonna lay off a lot of people. <coughs> uh, all of these new things are supposed to like, make things better, uh, but sooner or later, new discoveries and changes to life that come out from them become old. Um, think about like life in the internet is pretty normal now. Maybe not for some of us, but for our kids, for myself actually, like I grew up with the internet. Like, it's, just, it's just new, it's just there. Um, it's changed how we interact. But what it hasn't done, it hasn't freed humanity from this tiresome like, labor that we have to face every day. You can work from home now, but you're still working. Um, <coughs> so the next new thing is like the metaverse, um, and maybe that's going to change things. Uh, maybe the next generation of kids will attend school wearing their VR goggles when it's a rainy day. I don't know, when there's a typhoon, maybe, I don't know. Um, <coughs> But whatever promising thing promising new things that come out in the future, it's gonna quickly become old. There is nothing new under the sun. It means there's nothing that will be discovered in human history that is definitively new. There is nothing that will give humanity the lasting satisfaction and rest from all the toil that you live that you have in life. There is nothing new that can stop this continuous cycle in repetition of replacement that we see and experience. There is nothing new that will result in humanity gaining something more after your life on earth ends. Uh, Human history is unable to produce anything new. Your life as a part of this history is unable to produce anything new. History is a cycle of hopes failed. Um, a cycle of promising discoveries that turn out not to be what we hoped it would be. Uh, 20 years ago, the internet, you know, held so much promise to do a lot of good for the world. Uh, Today, there's a lot of controversy on how beneficial the internet is, and that controversy is growing, right? Okay, so uh, the final point uh, of this passage is that you will be forgotten in the cycle of history. Verse 11 says, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Uh, What a person seeks to gain from life, it changes as you age, right, as you go through different life stages. So in in younger years, uh, the focus tends to be on, you know, pleasure, money, freedom. Uh, Perhaps a little later on, it changes to stability, security, power, meaning. And when somebody reaches like their 60s, 70s, 80s, that change tends to be on on legacy. Where you're thinking about your final years, what are you going to leave behind? What's your mark for the world to remember you by? And here, God's word tells us there is no remembrance of former things. Uh, Working to leave this legacy is futile. Uh, Who you were, all the toil that you did will eventually be forgotten by generations of people who come after you. Um, in university I was actually a history major, so I read a lot of books about a lot of people who most people don't know about um, and who like I even now like only remember maybe a couple of those people. But did I really know who they were? Uh, l- l- let's try an experiment. Uh, we're in Hong Kong. Who is this person? Does anybody know? There's, there's a movie about this guy coming out soon? Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Napoleon. Okay. So hands up if you know what what, what Napoleon was famous for. Really? <laughs> He's this French general, like general. Okay, okay. Uh, hands up if you can de- if you can describe the impact he had on the history of Europe. As as a history major, as a history major and teacher, I am a little bit sad, but it's okay. <laughs> this, okay, just, does anybody know how much he, does anybody know what he valued most in life? Or who are actually the people who are most important to him? Well, what was his personality actually like? Like, there are all these things about a person, like, may know what they did a bit, but not really remember who they really are. Um, you know, I guess if we were, maybe if we were in Europe, if we were in France, then everybody would know who this guy is, but we're in Hong Kong, so, you know, it really depends. <clears throat> but I guess the point is this, right? Uh, people's names might be remembered and retained by some people, but no matter how famous they are, um, who they really were as a person is quickly forgotten. And as time passes on, like honestly, in 20 years, um, ask somebody who Blackpink is, ask one of the younger kids who Blackpink is, and they're like, who's Blackpink? It's about new genes. Do you, know, do, do you know new genes? No, I just heard about them from my kids. I teach at school. <laughs> All right, let's go let's back to the main point, okay. So here's the main point. Uh, let's get to the next slide. Without God, you ultimately gain nothing from a lifetime of toil. So on a personal level, all the work that you do doesn't bring you satisfaction. It makes you more tired. In the bigger picture of things, um, your life doesn't contribute to human civilization progressing. This is the reality of life under the sun. This is the reality of living on earth separated from God's presence. And this is ultimately the consequence of choosing to sin in rebelling against God. Um, This is how Romans puts it. that passage on the screen. Romans 8, 20 to 24 says this. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grow inwardly as we eagerly wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. The creation was subjected to futility. The word here is exactly the same in Ecclesiastes. Futile, vanity, hevel, meaninglessness. See, the reason why the world was subjected to this futility, to this meaninglessness, was because of sin, Romans eight helps us understand Ecclesiastes one. It tells us the world is sort of like this one big giant prison that has everybody enslaved to futility, to meaninglessness. We're stuck in this cycle of minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and seasons that repeat and repeat themselves as we slave away in various forms of work until we are caught up in a bigger cycle of life and replacement as generations go and another comes only to be repeated again and again and again and again. So no matter where you are in the world, it's the same thing. You can't escape it. Life is futile. Um, But God has a purpose. God has redeemed this futility in Christ. Because it says here that there is freedom from corruption to obtain the glory of the children of God. God redeems humanity from a life of vanity and adopts them to be his children. God sent his son Jesus to break us out of the cycle of death and replacement. Jesus came to earth, he lived a perfect life and died, but he didn't stop there, right? In this cycle where everybody lives and dies and then dies, Jesus lived, died, and then he came back from life, to life, he resurrected, he he broke this system, or he broke this futile system, and by his resurrection he promises to make all things new. He's gonna make a new heavens and a new earth, he offers to give people a new life through the forgiveness of sins. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away, and the new has come. Okay, so I just want us to spend our last couple minutes just thinking about what does this mean for you this morning? Okay, what does this mean for you this morning? Uh, your your day to day experience of repetitive, meaningless work is meant to point you to seek the God who can free you from this cycle. Uh, The dissatisfaction that you face in life, and there is always dissatisfaction. There may be times when that dissatisfaction is like less, sometimes when it's more, but it's always there because there's something that's missing here. But the dissatisfaction that you face in life is a sign that you need to draw closer to God. It's meant to remind you that life, what you need in life isn't here. Don't stop here. Where will you turn to when you realize you're not getting from life what you had expected? Uh, You know, will you turn your heart to seek God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or are you going to look somewhere else? You know, if you're not a Christian this morning, only Jesus can free you from your meaningless toil by giving you a right relationship with God. Uh, If you are a Christian, (coughs) when life seems so burdensome, When you feel so dissatisfied, that's meant to point your heart back to the true purpose of your time here on Earth, and that is knowing God. Uh, You know, more often than not, uh, Christians live very godless lives, and godless doesn't mean you're committing horrible crimes and horrible (laughs) sins. Uh, Godless simply means living life without thinking about God, right? Godless, you just don't think about Him. Just wake up and you're just so busy with life, you just, where is God in your life? You're godless. It means you wake up, you go to work, pick up the kids, put them to bed, work some hours again, sleep, and then not once do you think that you need God in the midst of all of that. Now, the point here isn't about doing less work. It isn't necessarily about making more time for personal devotions, uh, but the point really is is your heart. Uh, You know, it's true in a city like Hong Kong, there is some work where you have no choice but to put in the long hours to make a living. But it's also true that many times our hearts are so busy trying to grasp all of the vapor all of the hevel that we intentionally make ourselves more busy and tired than we need to be isn't that true you choose to work more than you really need to and it's here that you need to repent of your busy heart that seeks to find satisfaction and rest from what you do instead of in your relationship with god look to god realize that life here whatever you grasp from it, it's not the destination, it's not the point. You're waiting for God to come and restore the world, new heavens and a new earth. He's going to redeem all of your toil, all of your work, so that at the end of it, you're not going to come out with nothing. You're going to come out with the greatest treasure ever. Without God, you ultimately gain nothing from a lifetime of toil. So whatever you need to do right here and right now to seek God more in your life, do it. I'm going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, we just come to you this morning, and we ask that, Holy Spirit, you would search our hearts, search our minds. You know all of our ways. You know what we are looking for, what we worship, God, what we desire in life. You know all of the ways that we are dissatisfied and bitter, the ways we feel empty. Um, You know all of our struggles, and we want to come once again to you and lift them to you, God. Uh, Yeah, we pray that you would um, just enliven our hearts with the promise that you are making all things new, that you are redeeming things, and that we would turn our hearts to seek you more fervently, and that even in the midst of all of the busyness that we are in right now, we would find satisfaction in who you are and what you've done for us and in the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. Um, I thank you that in you we have so many reasons to bless your name, that in you you've redeemed all of our toil and our wasted years, that you are giving them back to us and that we can worship you because of what Jesus has done. And I pray that um, your word would sink more deeply into our hearts um, this morning. In your name we pray, amen.